Hey everybody, before we get into things, I just want to give you a quick trigger warning. This episode will have topics about rape and sexual assault. If you are somebody that you know that has been sexually assaulted, please call 1-800-656-HOPE. Again, that's 1-800-656-HOPE. By what name are you known? There are some who call me... Tim... I'm Bianca, and we are Friday Night Wi-Fi. The podcast that takes aim at one random topic each week. With a bowl of wine in hand, and we try to make some sense of it. You are now listening to 20 Tim Minutes, our favourite mental health podcast. Enjoy! Hey, what's going on? Episode 71 of 20 Tim Minutes, hosted by me, Tim McCarthy. This is a podcast that focuses on mental health through humour insight, and personal stories. I have a frog in my throat. <clears throat> Excuse me. That introduction was done by Amy and Bianca of the Friday Night Wine Fight. They started their podcast like everybody else during the pandemic because we're all losing our minds. So we're in good company. Um, they've been in and out of lockdown ever since. So they take aim at one topic each week with a bottle or three of wine and try to make some sense of it. They're actually literally like one of the first podcasts I came across in like uh, interacted with with one of their questions. It was like, what superpower would you like to have? And I gave them that I would love to be invisible. Just for the sake if I ran into somebody in public I didn't want to see, I can just turn it off and disappear. I feel like that's a good one. But thank you, Amy and Bianca from Friday Night Wine Fight. Go check them out. Uh, just women and wine. Am I right? On Friday night? The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Or if you're in the North Americas and hate talking to people on the phone, try the Crisis Text Line. Text HOME to 741741. And uh, you can also go to crisistextline.org if you need more help. Let's get that out of the way. 20 minutes. If you want to contact me, 781-523-9333. 781-523-9333. Go to 2010minutes.com. Download my app, merch, all that stuff. Bleh. You get it. Um, so this ha- this episode is kind of heavy, and uh, I wasn't really expecting it in a way to make it that way. That's why I asked Amy and Bianca if it was okay that I use their intro, because obviously you guys know when I'm going in acapella without a introduction, you know it's kind of heavy. So I gave the trigger warning with this episode. So hopefully you guys are prepared for that. So just a last minute warning about what we're going to be talking about. Um, later in the episode, I'm going to end it with that, uh, just so you guys, if no one can handle that, which I totally understand, that'll be at the end of the episode. I do have unfortunate news. Uh, my good friend that I met through the podcast, Jason Pickle, uh, the cancer dad, um, that I was supposed to interview and everything, his son was recently sick and unfortunately just passed, uh, at the age of eight, uh, Neeland Pickle. Um, yeah, that, um, I couldn't, man, I feel so bad for Jason and his family. Uh, I gave him some words of encouragement as best as I could, uh, for him. He's such a great guy and I couldn't imagine going through that. So Jason, uh, nothing but the best for you and your family. Um, if you don't remember me talking about Neeland, uh, in 2013, he was diagnosed with, uh, medulla blastoma. Hopefully I did that right, Jason. Um, which was like a brain cancer. And he was declared cancer-free in 2015. 2016, he was diagnosed with leukemia, but again, declared cancer-free in 2017. And then 18, leukemia came back. That boy, man, 
He fought. He fought. He didn't lose. He didn't lose. He kept fighting. Cancer is a motherfucker. I'll just say that. Jason, I love you, my guy. Let me know if you need anything. Um, I was going to talk about like my therapy and everything, but I kind of don't want to anymore. I don't want to talk about myself today. Um, not for any reasons that I'm like hiding anything. It's just the sake of like this episode that uh, I don't really give a shit about me today. Uh, not in a bad way. It's, uh, it's, I think you get it. Um, but I will say this. I hung with my friend uh, Caitlin recently, who I, I've known since high school, but it's one of those people you don't see a lot. Like you'll like comment on something on like Instagram and be like, oh, remember the time? But she asked me to meet up for lunch and it was just like really cool because like I'm, I've been promoting that for quite some time is like reaching out to friends you haven't reached out to. And then I was kind of just getting kind of bummed out because like no one really did it for me. And I know she didn't do it because I was saying that I was bummed out. She did it like genuinely. And we went out to lunch and it was, uh, it was really good to just catch up with another friend and like literally have like a lot of laughs. And I hit her with the old, I pay with the check without her noticing. She went to the bathroom and I like waved the waitress down. I'm like, get over here. Get over here. I'm like, what's 20% of what my total is? And she told me, I'm like, all right, just take all this money. I think I gave her like 35% because I was so nervous that Kayla was going to come back in time. So shout out to that waitress. Um, Yeah, so I wanted to do uh, just bypass me and I'll give you guys another update about my therapy and everything next week, Um, which it's the same thing every week. Is Tim a good guy or not? I'll give you a hint. He's feeling a little bit better about it. I just read this. I always do my little news things where I read them, read about them. A 29-year-old man was being held for his mental health in a Florida hospital, was fatally shot after he grabbed a pair of scissors and threatened to stab the sheriff's deputies. I don't know how people are getting shot when they don't have a gun in their hand. Like a pair of scissors, you couldn't just tase the guy or maybe just, just take, a, take a paper cut to the arm from a pair of scissors. Can scissors give you paper cuts? I don't know. The man was among a number of people being held in the hospital despite threatening to harm themselves or others because there were no beds at the local mental health facility. Awesome. That is just fucking awesome. This man's family brought him to the emergency after he tried to hang himself. So this family almost had a deal with their dead son who committed suicide. They're like, you know what? Let's take him to go get some help. They take him to a place and they're like, sorry, not enough beds. So clearly that that 29-year-old man not in mental health, not in his right state of mind, freaked out probably, got upset about what's going on, wanted help because a lot of people will do that. It's like when people, like homeless people go to the bank and they want to rob like $1 and uh, get arrested so they have a place to stay. That's kind of like, I, I, I don't know if this was the case, but I feel like this is how I would tackle it. That if no one was helping me, a lot of people just go to the ER and get help. So if I grab a pair of scissors and look like I'm worse than I am, Maybe someone will actually help me, but no, uh, you got shot dead and, uh, that's super unfortunate. And I, and I hate, I know people from Florida. I hate jumping on that wagon of like, Oh, Florida. Am I right? But ugh, Florida, am I right? It's like, get it together. And it's like, not their fault with like the whole mental health. There's people that try to help. And it's just very unfortunate that this family had to just deal with this. Like take your son to the hospital and he didn't get help. He actually died. I, I just, I don't know. This world is freaking me out day by day. And I know I brought this up not too long ago. I, I've been seeing less and less. Uh, I mean, I've been seeing more and more homeless people, but younger age, like maybe my age or younger. And I was thinking about like giving them something or at least food. But this one guy, okay. I'm at the red light and I look over at him. 
He's holding up a cardboard sign. I didn't get to read it because he put it down. This dude had the cardboard written on a Michelob Ultra, like six pack, a chick ultra, chickies. Like, dude, like you got to present yourself a little bit better than that. You can't be writing on a booze cardboard box. They're just going to know that you're going to buy it for booze. Then this guy pulls out a bag of cigarettes out of a, a bag of cigarettes, a box of, box of smokes out of a brown paper bag. You know what type of smokes they were? Mob Reds. Marlboro Reds. Not like the, like, Misty 1-2 hose or, like, fucking cool cigarettes. I've never smoked in my life, so I don't know the references of cigarettes, but I know, like, Mob Reds cost, like, 14 bucks in Massachusetts. So I want to say that guy is a legit scammer or he's just, like, a really bad hipster. But, yeah, when I saw the Chicky Ultra sign, he was, like, looking, like, what are you doing, dude? Like, be a, a better homeless guy. Don't give them all a bad name. Jesus. I saw this, too. Did you read this? you hear about this? I like doing that. MDMA-assisted therapy could do for PTSD and cost of health care. So, MDMA, it's making a splash in the mental health uh, community here. Doing, doing different drugs. I kind of like it. I kind of like this whole thing. A growing research on MDMA-assisted therapy to treat PTSD reveals excited potential. A new study focuses on its cost-effectiveness. The findings show that not only can the treatment improve and extend lives, it can also reduce healthcare costs. This information could help increase willingness of third-party payers to cover costs and improve access to treatment. That's kind of cool. This is incredibly encouraging and can provide data to justify insurance companies' willingness to cover these powerful and life-changing treatments. The cost-effectiveness of this treatment might not seem obvious to most, obviously, but our data, our data, their data, their data, their data, but their data shows that severe burden PTSD carries not only on the lives of those who suffer from the disorder, but also in terms of costs for our healthcare systems. Because MDMA-assisted therapy is psychotherapy intensive, it can be costly up front. This is why the researchers of the study are focused on translating its cost effectiveness to third-party payers which I get a lot of people that it's funny, like thinking about it now, it's like all the people that like did drugs back in the day, like, no, nah, dude, this thing will like cure you, man. You in like a bad mood. You do some MDMA, listen to some mud vein. You'll, you'll be totally fine, bro. You, I, I'm down for anything that will help you mentally in like a safe environment that like won't chance to kill you. I didn't know this either, that alcohol is like the only thing you can die from when you withdraw from it. So the only thing that you can die from withdrawing is alcohol. I didn't know that. I found that interesting. And alcohol is legal. A lot of people drink and drive. But marijuana was illegal for the longest time. I would rather be in the car with somebody who's really high on mushrooms or weed than somebody really drunk on booze and Mick Ultras. I like Mick Ultras kind of, but I wouldn't. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I should have shared a Mick Ultra with that guy. We would have bonded. I wouldn't have smoked with him, though. I would have been like, hey, man, it's going to stunt your growth. You don't want that in your life. But yeah, drugs and the war on drugs, as my friend Billy Cox would say. And uh, I think he's starting to be right about that. But what do you think? Do you think that uh, you would try MDMA? What is that? What is up with people just like being against something that... Uh, it doesn't affect them whatsoever. It's like if someone came to you, it's like, hey, I'm going to do MDMA and it's going to really help me out. I know ketamine was a big one. Is that That's the same thing, right? Is that in the same ballpark? I'm just saying this so it doesn't look like I do drugs, which I don't. I don't do drugs. 
I go to 90s cons and get my baseball signed by Lacey Chabert. That's what I do. That's my drug. That's my drug of choice. And trying to get on game shows. That's what I do. It is funny, though. It's like, hey, just smoke this joint. You'll be fine. All right, thanks. Now you can't do that. You can literally go to the store and be like, hey, can I get some purple pusher men, uh, upside down Herman Munster? You know what I mean? All right, so I'm going to get into this. Again, last trigger warning for people out there that might be sensitive to this topic. Uh, RAIN, R-A-I-N, R-A-I-N-N, National Sexual Assault Hotline. Uh, if you are, you know somebody that was sexually assaulted or um, similar, you can call 1-800-656-HOPE. It's 1-800-656-H-O-P-E. Off the top of my head, I don't know what those numbers are. I hate when they do that, and I hate when they give you that number, and they don't give you uh, what the numbers stand for in those letters, which is pretty easy. But if they're going to make a let, like, I'm not hating on them, but obviously that's a great phone number. But I'm just saying, if you're going to have like a phone number that has like a word in it, just make the whole number that. Like 1-800 and then just like get help, which is probably a phone number. And I just, I don't know what that leads to. So don't call that number yet until I figure out what it is. This is insane. Okay. I read this. I thought this was fake. A new Tennessee bill would allow rapist families, families of the of the person that was that raped somebody, friends to sue if victims have an abortion. Let me see that again because it came out terrible. There's a new Tennessee bill that would allow rapists, families, and friends to sue if victims have an abortion. What? The bill would ban abortion outright with no exception for rape and incest and allow a rapist's family to sue people who help his victim get an abortion care. What in the flying fuck? Did they, like, what is going on? Like, I thought this was fake. I literally thought it was fake. And I was like, what kind of sick joke is this? It's not. This is real life. Um, and then also, it, I read this too, what, what the guy was saying. It's like, a, um, like a, one of the bill guys at, at like the like the meeting or whatever. I don't know how like politics work. He was like, uh, is everyone taking crazy pills? Because uh, this is fucked. And he said, it's really going to bring all sorts of lawsuits and force people to have potentially answer questions about a miscarriage. Again, I've I've done episodes. One of my first interviews, I tell all my guests that I, I'm possibly going to have with. I, to, I tell them about my postpartum depression uh, interview I did and with Rachel. And then I did a PCOS interview with my good friend, Lindsay. I have no reason to talk about a woman's body. I don't, I also don't even have kids, but I don't think anybody else should be deciding what somebody else does with their body. Like that just seems like logical, right? Or am I being crazy? If I'm being crazy, let me know. Um, but yeah, imagine that, like miss. Okay. I read this too. And I, with, with stats, I always think they're lower than what they actually are because I feel like a lot of people don't, uh, report it. So at least 10 to 20% of all pregnancies end in miscarriage, according to the Mayo Clinic or Mayo Clinic. I don't know. I'm not smart. But that fucking number is very high. So the cops are just going to come by and be like, hey, why'd you have a miscarriage? Huh? Tell me now. Like that's, like, that's demented. The bill, yeah, the bill would allow investigators to ask people who lose a pregnancy how it was lost. Hey, uh, can I talk to you about the worst day of your life right now? Was this illegal? Did you get this done illegally? Like, fuck off. Imagine, like, even the people that are on, like, the law enforcement that are like, uh, are you sure? Like, there's going to be people that are against it and for it, like, anything in life. 
there's gonna be a guy like uh, I'm not doing that, and then he he's gonna get fired like in two months or whenever this. Hopefully, it doesn't fucking pass. But if it does in some demented world, that there's gonna be a cop that goes and he's like, I'm not doing this, and he gets in trouble and fired. That, I I can see that in the news right now. I don't know what the South's doing, man. Like Tennessee's not a bad state, but that is just banana land. So I went down a uh, a hole, not a, a hole, but like just like I just get too interested in, in things that like open up my eyes and I just like I have to read the stats. I like stats in a way. I don't like st- uh, stats in school because I don't like that. I think the whole like people making fun of rape or making jokes about it does need to stop. Especially like there was someone close to me that I was with and someone made an openly like rape joke in front of them and they said something and that person got wicked defensive and was mad at that person for speaking up for themselves. Like who, who do you think you are? Like, I, I think a lot of people need to realize that you're not the only person in the world and there's other people around you that might not agree with you on certain things. That's why I try not to talk out loud in public places. I'm not saying anything crazy or I think I'm saying crazy. But I just don't like having conversations with people. And it takes me a lot to not say something to somebody. But yeah, so just, I don't know. It's just super annoying. It's like people are just so dumb. And like, like I, I just keep picturing like a bunch of people sitting down and be like, all right, guys, what do we got to worry about today? Okay, we got to worry about these families and them having abortions and making decisions for their own bodies. Yes. Okay, let's make a law that if they get raped and they have an abortion, their friends, family can sue them. Because they kept a fucking baby they didn't ask for. Like, like rapists can go and just rape somebody, do jail time, and then get money out of it. If they have an abortion. Like, what in the... Like, who... They gotta have, like, normal people like me on these, like, committees so I can just, like, raise my hand and be like, all right, hold up, hold up. Let me just ask something right quick. Like, dude, get fucked. Oh, my God, dude. That, I, that makes me mad. It makes me so mad. And these lawmakers, like, whatever... Again, I'm not into politics. I don't know how this really works. But these are the types of people I feel like if it happened in their family or it happened to them, they would be like, oh my God, we got to change this right away. It's always something until something happens to you or something happens. It, it, I don't compare it, but it's like you go to an intersection in a four-way and there's no, there's just like two stop signs and not. Then a big car accident happens. Then they finally put up the lights, like all all red lights. It's like maybe you should have planned before. So these fucking idiots. Oh my God. It's it, Again. If it happens to them, that's a different story. So I'm going to end with some stats. I know that's why I skipped talking about myself because I'm not important enough today. And that, that again, I'm not just being, I'm not just saying that. Like there's a lot of things in life that are more important than me. All right, I'm going to rattle some things off. Every 68 seconds, an American is sexually assaulted. On average, there are 463,634 victims age 12 or older of rape and sexual assault each year in the United States alone. Ages 12 to 34 are the highest risk years for rape and sexual assault. Those aged 65 and older are 92% less likely than 12 to 24-year-olds to be a victim of rape or sexual assault, and 83% less likely than 25 to 49-year-olds. 94% of women who are raped experience symptoms of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, during two weeks following the rape. And these people are like, you know what? You're going to jail for having an abortion. Um, Yeah. 30% of women report symptoms of PTSD nine months after the rape. 33% of women who are raped contemplate suicide. 13% of women who are raped attempt suicide. Um, Yeah, so maybe they didn't see these stats. 
Um, approximately 70% of rape or sexual assault victims experience moderate to severe distress, a larger percentage than for other violent crimes. So that's higher than other violent crimes that happen. I'm sorry for like just rattling these off, but like these aren't surprising, but the percentages are very concerning and surprising. Like, like people that get like assaulted, sexually assaulted that contemplate suicide. Like I can understand that. I see that, but 33%, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, sexual violence also affects victims, relationships with their family, friends, and coworkers, which I can totally see. Um, 38% of victims of sexual violence experience work or school problems, um, which includes significant problems with their boss. 37 experienced family and friend problems, and then 84% of survivors who were victimized by an intimate partner experienced professional and emotional issues, including moderate to severe distress or increased problems at work or school. So, uh, Tennessee, anyone from Tennessee that uh, listens to this podcast, uh, that's a lawmaker, get me on the show, get me down there, I'll wear a suit, I'll talk, I'm not smart, but I feel like I'm a little bit logical in this. Sorry if, if, again, guys, I'm not making a joke or making light about this stuff. I think it's easy for me to talk about it to somebody and, and making it into this type of matter. Rape and sexual assault is very serious, and I take it very seriously. This is very concerning, and that whole Tennessee thing is is really fucked up. And uh, hopefully something like that doesn't, doesn't make its way up here in Massachusetts. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but I do appreciate you guys uh, letting me try and talk about this. I, I do like to take on tough topics, not for the sake of like, oh, like, oh, I did it. I feel good. It's like these are the type of conversations that like people should be having and uh, I'm having right now. And my back is absolutely sweating because I probably said something stupid, but I do have good intentions. And again, I do apologize if this has affected anybody in a negative way. Um, and if I did, please let me know. I would love to talk about it and I'd love to learn more. Um, if anyone has anything for me and I can bring that up for next, uh, next week's episode. So thank you again for allowing me to try to talk about that guys, honestly. All right, let's end with this. Tim's tip. Here's a good Tim's tip for you. This one's pretty easy, pretty quick. When someone's in a bad mood, don't tell them to calm down. All right. You... <laughs> Hey, buddy, calm down. <laughs> oh, you tell me to calm down, bro. Because I'm not. And now I'm the reverse of calm. I'd say maybe try, like, I don't know, giving them a little bit of space, being like, do you need anything? Do you want me to go away? What's up? I wouldn't even ask them what's wrong. Just be like, do you need something? But yeah, when you tell someone to calm down when they're clearly not in a mood to calm down, don't say it. As funny as it would be to say it, don't say it. All the people that go, why are you yelling? That's me, actually. I do that to people all the time. When they get they get fired up with me, I go, why are you yelling? Why are you yelling? Especially like in a fight. Oh my God, I can be such a dick sometimes. What I'm grateful for today, I just got one. Uh, Lindsay and Mercedes got one. An air fryer. I now understand why people don't shut up about those things. Because they are awesome. I am grateful for that air fryer downstairs because I don't know how to cook. I'm throwing everything in there. I'm throwing like leftover burgers, Oreos, uh, English muffins. I even threw an extra air fryer in the air fryer. So I have an air fried air fryer. Get on that, huh? Thank you guys so much for checking out another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Thank you again for checking out my episode. And you know what? I love you. 
And now we'll go one. And we're clear. All right, anyone that's still listening right now, I'm going to let you know on a little tip right now. Episode 71, fun fact, the average person laughs 13 times a day. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.